Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church at Home. My name is Red, and it is an honor to have you join us today right here at olc.church. Whether you're watching in your car, on your couch, or over your favorite cup of coffee, I just want to say thank you for taking some time to hang out with us today. And we're getting ready to start a new series that we are calling Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life. Now, this series was originally taught by Pastor Craig Rochelle out of Life Church out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And this really, it meant so much to me that they actually gave us the permission to bring this series to you today. And I believe, honestly, that it has the power to change your life. Why? Because I'm experiencing the power and the truth that we're going to learn together today. So I cannot wait to jump into the series. It's a four-part series. Today's part one. Before we get into that, I really want to take a moment looking at the camera and just say, hey, One Life Church family, I love you. My wife, Linda, she loves you. My son, Max, he loves you so much. And there isn't a day that you're not in our heart and in our home. Man, we are praying for you. And I just want you to know you are not alone. Listen, we are in this thing together. And we're going to get through this thing together one day at a time. And listen, we're the church. We're your family. And if you need anything, please call us. Please email us and let us know because, listen, we might not be able to do everything, but we are going to do something because you're not alone when you're our family and we're here for you. So before I get started, I really just wanted to send you a virtual hug today uh, from the bottom of my heart and my family's heart to tell you we love you. We miss you and we cannot wait to see you soon. Well, all right. I'm excited about this message series, you guys. Mastermind. Change your thinking change your life. Listen, the truth is that most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. So the things that you face, your struggles, whether it's your marriage or your finances or your relationships or your career or your health physically or emotionally or the things that you deal with with your self-worth, most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. Now, if there's anybody that ever learned the art of winning the battle of their mind, it would be the Apostle Paul. But I want you to know, it wasn't always that way for him. It was actually a journey. It was a process. There were actually times in Paul's life where you'll read scripture and you'll think, man, this brother didn't have any battle. Like, he was battling in the mind, all right, because he was a little bit crazy. Look at this in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 25. If this gives you any hope in your life, like, this is amazing. Check this out. He says, you know what? I really don't understand myself, which let's just time out right there. I, if we're being honest, I can relate to that. Can you? Like, <laughs> I don't really understand myself, Paul says. He says, man, I'm dealing with this battle in my mind. And look at what he says. He says, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. <laughs> he says, I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I find myself doing it anyway. Like, if there's any verse in the Bible that I can relate to, and that my hope is, if you're being honest today, that you can relate to, it's this. Like, yeah, Paul, preach it. I get it, right? He says, listen, I've discovered this principle of life 
that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law, like with all my heart. But there seems to be another power at work within me. And this is what I want you to notice. He said, there is a war going on in between this ear and this ear. It's in my mind. And listen, that's, let's be honest. That's a lot of us, right? We love God. We want to do what's right, but we end up doing the things that we hate. We don't do the things we want to do, and we end up doing the things we don't want to do. And we're like, what is going on? In the humanity that Paul mentions here in verse 24, he says, Oh, what a miserable person that I am. And this is exactly how many of us feel. We're alone, we're isolated, we're longing for relationships, we're miserable, we're going, God, what a miserable person I am. Who in the world will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Well, I'm thankful the verse didn't stop there because Paul gives us the answer, the solution to the battle of his mind. And he says, thank God. He said, I've come to realize. What have you come to realize, Paul? That the answer the solution to every battle that I face in my mind is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. One thing we see from Paul's life throughout the New Testament is that he was on this journey. He fought, he struggled, he warred, but he eventually won in every area of his life and especially in his mind. But it was a journey. It was a day-to-day, moment-by-moment, week-to-week, year-by-year journey. It was a process. So it wasn't like all of a sudden he clicked his fingers. Oh, I get it now. I can live this overcoming life in my mind. No. It was a journey. And we see that he eventually overcame this because there are moments in Scripture where we find Paul in a Roman prison on death row waiting to be executed, saying things like, oh, man, rejoice. And again, I'm just going to (laughs) say, rejoice. And then he says things like, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so if somebody has ever learned the art of mastering their mind, it was evidently Paul. So when we ask the question, how can we learn to live like this? We ought to look to Paul. And so because he learned how to control his thoughts so that his thoughts didn't control him. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to lay a foundation of this today, but we're going to talk about uh, this throughout the entire series. Is How do we learn how to control our thoughts so they don't control us? So let's look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3-4. through 4. He says, hey, as Christians or as followers of Jesus Christ, we live in this world. And which, by the way, that's a no-brainer. We live in this world along with everybody else, don't we? We deal with its broken humanity, its hurts, its pains, its circumstances, its uncertainty, right? But though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. And I find this comforting because it's giving us the impression that, hey, listen, you're going to wage war in this world. Like, it's not going to be all butterflies, rainbows, and unicorns. You're going to deal with some issues in this life. And when you do, you need to wage war, but you don't need to wage it like the world does. However, the weapons that we fight with, they are not weapons of the world. No, they are weapons from heaven with the authority of God in the kingdom of heaven. He says, on the contrary, the weapons that you and I have, my friend, as Christ followers, have divine power. Right where you are, I want you to say the word power. Come on, say power. Power. I love this word. It comes from the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the English word dynamite, which ultimately means dynamite, explosive. This miraculous power of God we have been given to do what? To demolish strongholds strongholds 
Somebody say strongholds. So what is a stronghold? Well, the definition of a stronghold literally, literally is described as a fortified prison. Or it's any area in your life where you've been held captive as a prisoner locked by deception. In other words, you've been taken captive as a prisoner locked by a lie. You've believed the lie so many times over your life, over every moment, throughout the weeks and years, that you begin to buy into that lie as the truth. And you begin to identify and view perspective of life, of yourself, and of others through a lie. And you get to the place where you ultimately feel that you can't be free. And I want you to know today that the number one goal of the enemy, Satan, is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Look, John 10.10 says, listen, I've come to steal, kill, and destroy. How? How does he do it? He does it one lie at a time with an unrelentless pursuit of your life to destroy you. Over and over again, he lies. And we know this because Jesus told us this, referring to Satan, our enemy, John 8, 44. He says, there's no truth in Satan. There's no truth in him at all. When he lies, oh man, he's just speaking his native language. For he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. In other words, Jesus saying, Every word that comes out of Satan's mouth in your mind is a lie. And we believe these lies and we get locked into this prison of deception. And we believe, you know what? I can never be free from my addiction. Like no one could ever love me. I'm ugly. How in the world will I ever have an intimate relationship with somebody? God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. God doesn't hear my prayer. There's, I'll never be able to trust anyone again. I've been rejected and I'm going to continue to be rejected. This situation is so bad, it's only going to get worse. It's never going to change. There is no hope. And the enemy lies to you between this year, this year, right here, and he feeds you unrelenting lies over and over and over again until the point that you begin to believe it. But it's not the truth. It's a lie. But we believe that it's truth when it's not. So what do we do? Well, we have to do what Paul tells us to do. And this is good news, everybody. We got to do the rest of the verse out of 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. We demolish, we destroy, we annihilate, we tear down, we crush the arguments and every pretension, all the lies of the enemy that set itself up against the knowledge and the truth of God. Well, how do we do this? By taking captive every thought. We have to take captive every thought that comes in between this year and this year, and we have to make it obedient to Christ or to the Word of God. And so my hope is throughout this series starting today is that we begin to learn how to take captive every thought. Why? Because your life is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. I'm going to say that again. Your life is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. And this is the truth. So let me show it to you in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Be careful what you think. Why? Because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you think. Because your thoughts run your life. Listen, I want you to write it down this way. And that is, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life, my life, is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. 
So if you want to change your life, you need to change your thinking. So change your thinking to change your life. So one more verse I want to share to help kind of build this foundation of this truth comes out of Proverbs 23.7. It says, For as he thinks, or for as you think, for as I think, in his heart, so is he. In other words, as you think, so you become. So if you think, you know, it's impossible, I can't do it, guess what? It's going to be impossible and you probably won't do it. But rather, if you think, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, guess what? You probably will. If you believe you're always a victim, I'm always going to suffer from the circumstances that I can't control. Well, you're probably always going to be a victim. But if you believe that you can overcome by the power of Christ living in you, then my friend, you will overcome. If you're always dwelling on your problems, you're always going to be overwhelmed. But if you're always dwelling on looking for solutions in God's Word, you're always going to find the answer. So what do we know about our thoughts? Well, we know that most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. So your mind is that war between two thoughts, between God's truth and Satan's deception. It's like an angel on one side and the devil on another. So as we build this foundation throughout this series, I want to encourage you to think about what it is you're thinking about. I want to do something kind of fun today. I want to take a thought audit. Yeah, I want you to think about what it is you've been thinking about, let's just say over the past five days. And and so we're going to kind of do three extremes and Scale from 1 to 10. I want you to be as honest as you possibly can. And so we'll start with a contrast between worried thoughts and peaceful thoughts. So on a scale of 1 to 10, which one are you? Are you more worried? or Are you worried about your future? Are you worried about your finances? Are you worried about COVID-19? Are, are you worried about your health? Are you worried about your marriage? Or are you worried about your children? Are you worried about what people think? Or would you say that you more have more of a peaceful mind? Would you say, you know, my mind is at peace. I'm not perfect, but I don't have any anxiety. You know, despite the circumstances and the situations that I'm facing and that we're all facing, I find myself sleeping well at night. So think about what you're thinking about. Take a thought audit. So let's contrast another one. Let's another extreme between negative mindset and a positive mindset. A negative mindset versus a positive mindset. So which one are you? Are you are you more negative? Are you critical about people? Are you find fault? Are you discontented? Are is your situation so bad that you're thinking, you know what, it's never going to change. It's just bad and anyway, anyway, it's going to get worse. Or do you find yourself with some positive thoughts saying, you know what? I honestly believe the best about people and I believe that God actually causes all things to work together for my good and the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. You know, life isn't perfect, but life is good. So think about what you think about. Why? Because what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Let's look at one more contrast here uh, between a worldly mindset versus an eternal mindset. So would you say that you have a worldly mindset of Hey, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy, bring it, bring it on, it's all about me. Or would you say you have more of an eternal mindset that says, you know, um, God, thank you for blessing me. How can I bless somebody else? How can I be generous? How can I use my life to bring glory and honor to you? So think about what you think 
abounds. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life, my friend, is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And that's the truth. Because what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Listen, no matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter who you know, no matter what you know, no matter what you buy, no matter where you go, no matter where you live, no matter where you travel, you need to understand that you will never have a positive life with a negative mind. You will never have a positive life with a negative mind. So let me ask you a question. What are you excited about? Like, what's happening in your thoughts right now? Think about it. Think about what you think about. Is your life, let's go with this. If our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, then what are you thinking about? Like, are you satisfied? Are you blessed? Are you excited about where your life is headed? And I cannot stress how important this is, everyone, because if you want to change your life, you got to change your thinking. Change your thinking, you'll change your life. And this is the truth of God's Word. Well, how? How do I do that? Great question. I want to lay the foundation today. And we're going to get even more practical beyond today into next week and the following weeks throughout this series. But today, I want to give you very two, two simple things that you can begin to work on right now that will give you the power to change your life. And it's a choice. And the choice, my friend, I hope you'll begin to make. And that is, number one, we need to identify the lie that is holding you back. You need to identify the lie that is holding you back. Now notice I didn't say lies because there are multiple lies that all of us have listened to and have bought into. But today, all I want you to do is identify one. Like what's the one lie? What's the greatest lie? What's the greatest deception that's keeping you from moving from where you are to where God wants you to be or where you've always wanted to be? So what's the self-talk that's going on? It's like, God could never love me, man. I've made so many mistakes. I'm too far gone. There's no way back. It's over for me. God will never love me. I will never have a close relationship with God. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what? I can't trust anyone. I can't get close to anyone. Last time I did, I was hurt. I was wounded. Can't let anybody else in. I'm not dealing with another wound of rejection. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm always going to work for the rest of my life, this stupid, dead-end job, making nothing. I'll never get out of debt. These student loans are going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Or maybe your self-talk says, you know what, my marriage is never going to get better. My relationship with my son or daughter who's moved on in life will never get better. Or maybe you're thinking that self-talk of I'm always going to be trapped by this secret sin and this addiction that I can't let anybody else know. Think about what you think about. What's holding you back? What is the one lie, the one deception you've bought into that's holding you back from becoming the person that you've always wanted to be? And so some of you are going, Pastorette, why in the world is this so important? Why do I have to identify it? Well, the truth is, you will never defeat what you cannot define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. Now, I read a study uh, in preparation for this message that kind of blew me away. All right. Now, listen, 
I'm not a smart guy by any means, and I am not a neuroscientist, but you've got to check this out. Studies have shown, neuroscience studies have shown that every single thought that you think creates a neurochemical change in your body. And this is the truth. Your thoughts, your imaginations, the choices you make actually change the molecular structure and function of your brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf, a Christian, I've got to read this, okay? Dr. Caroline Leaf, a Christian pathologist, cognitive neuroscientist who specializes in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology. She says that the consequences of our thoughts and imagination actually get under the skin of our DNA. She says our thoughts, our imaginations, can actually turn certain genes on and off, changing the structure of the neurons in our brain. So she concludes that our thoughts, our imaginations, the choices can actually change the structure and the function of our brain on every level. And that's why she said that research shows that 75 to 98%, listen to this, of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from one's thought life. My friend, thoughts matter. Why? Because of Proverbs 23, 7. We read it earlier. We're going to read it again. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think, so you become. What comes into the mind comes out in your life. So how are we supposed to change our lives? Well, we have to change the way we think. Now, for those of you who are thinking, well, Red, I mean, come on, man. This is just science. This is, this is not God. Well, let me show you what the Bible says in Romans 12 too. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Check this out. He says, stop thinking like the world thinks, but be transformed. How? How do I transform? Look at this. By changing the way you think. By renewing your mind where science says you need to re science says it restructures your brain where god says it's renewing your mind so i want to encourage you today think about what you think about identify the lie that's holding you back maybe you're saying you know what i'm not lovable nobody can love me maybe you're saying you know what i'm ugly how in the world will i ever have a relationship with somebody else maybe you're saying you know what i'm not good enough i don't deserve anything good i'll never be close to god or maybe you're saying you know what i'll always i'll just always be depressed there's no hope whatever it is my friend i want you to identify it i want you to name it why because you cannot defeat what you cannot define you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So here's the second thing I want you to do, and then we'll close. And that is, I want you to not only identify the lie that's holding you back, but secondly, I want you to replace the lie with God's truth. I want you to replace the lie with God's truth. Well, Red, how do I do that? Well, let's look one more time back at Paul, the guy who is fought, who battled, who warred, but over time, through a process, learned how to win in his thought life. Paul reminds us, 
2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. This is our theme verse. This is what I want you to walk away with today. He says, For though we live in the world, like we all have these opportunities in this world to choose negative thoughts. He says, we don't wage war as the world does. No, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, here it is again, they have divine power. You have authority from heaven, my friend. A miraculous, explosive power to demolish, to annihilate, to completely destroy, to tear down, to set your life free from the prison of deception, to demolish the stronghold. How? We demolish the arguments and every lie, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How? Because I want to be free, Pastorette. By taking captive every thought that comes between this ear and this ear in the mind. And we replace the lie with God's truth. We replace the lie with God's truth. So get practical, Rhett. How do I do this? What does that look like? It looks like opening God's Word and simply reading it. You can download a YouVersion app on your phone. You can read one scripture a day. You don't have to read all day. You just need to read a little bit a day. Why? Why do I need to read God's Word? Because the truth, the truth is God's Word and the truth is the key that unlocks the prison door of deception. The truth is the key that unlocks the prison door of deception. Proverbs Proverbs 30 Verse 5 says that every word of God proves true. Every word of God is flawless. It proves true. Hebrews 4, uh, 12 tells us, listen, the word of God, it's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Do you know what that means, my friend? It means that it opens the eyes of your heart and it exposes the lies. It unlocks the prison door of deception that you've bought into and that's held you hostage for way too long. So, Rhett, all right, show me, what does this look like? How, how do I apply this in my life? Here we go. Read God's Word. Replace the lie with God's truth. So when you're thinking you can't do it, you've got to turn to Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When you're exhausted, you're tired, you're feeling weak, you've got to be reminded that 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 tells me, For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you're living in fear, afraid, and overwhelmed, you've got to remember 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. So when you're anxious and you're worried and that thought is entering this year to this year and you're thinking, I'll never have enough, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. And when you're thinking, you know what, I'm not beautiful. I'm not beautiful. I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive. I don't like what I see. You've got to remind yourself. You've got to take that thought captive. You've got to make it obedient to God's word. Out of Psalm 139, 14, that says, God, I praise you. Why? Because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you feel always, you're feeling always trapped by that addiction that you just can't seem to shake, you've got to replace that thought. You've got to take it captive. You've got to demolish the stronghold with the divine power of heaven that lives within you. It says out of Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, 
And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And listen, my friends, I could go on and on saying I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The enemy might come at me in one way, but he's got to flee from me in seven. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives within me. I have the resurrection power of Christ in me. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. So what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm simply replacing the lie with God's truth. I'm experiencing Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm renewing my mind. Listen, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. If you can change your thinking, you'll change your life. So my friend, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because here's the truth. The truth is you'll never have a positive life with a negative mind. See, Paul says, I've fought, I've warred, and I've won. And then he says, out of everything, finally, if there's one last thing I can leave you with, look at this, Philippians 4, verse 8, and we'll close with this. He says, hey, finally, brothers and sisters, One Life Church, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, he said, hey, listen, apply it. Identify the lie that's holding you back. Replace it with God's truth. And then you'll be able to experience the promise of God, which is, look at this, the God of peace will be with you. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Some of you today are locked in a prison and the only lock on the door is a lie. And the only way, the only truth that can break the lie and set you free is Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, no one can come into a relationship with God and begin to experience freedom from strongholds unless they come through me. You know, God loves you so much that He gave. What did He give? He gave His one and only Son for you and for me. He put an action plan in place for you to begin to experience freedom and eternal life. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. He wants you to experience freedom, my friends, and you can have that today. So maybe you're like Paul, who's saying, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who can save me from the wretched person that I am? Who can set me free from this life dominated by sin and death? And my prayer is that you come to realize, just like Paul did, Thank God, I've come to realize that the answer, that the solution is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the life 
And he's the only one who can set you free. God, I pray that this moment, people would begin to experience freedom from the stronghold of deception, from the lies that they've believed for so long that were brought by the enemy. God, I'm believing that eyes spiritually would begin to open and that these lies would begin to be exposed. And God, that they would begin to see clearly, God, the lie and they would replace it with your truth because it's your truth that will set them free. My friend, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, freedom begins with a relationship with God. It's not about joining a church. Those are good things. It's not about doing enough good things. No, that's not salvation. Salvation is simply receiving a free gift that has been given to you. There is nothing you can do. It's already been done by the work in the grace of Jesus Christ. He gave his life for you. He loves you. He paid for your sins. And today, he wants to set you free from that lie of deception that you've believed for so long. So whoever you are, wherever you are, however you're watching or listening today, God is speaking to your heart right now. And he's saying, now is the time. Today is the day for you to experience freedom, to come into a relationship with God. Romans 10.9 tells us that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll simply believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved, that you'll begin to experience the fulfilled life that Christ came to give you. So whoever you are, wherever you are, it would be my honor to lead you in a simple prayer today if you would like to experience this freedom. Would you say this prayer with me? Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Come live inside of me. Change me. Jesus, you are my Lord. And I believe that you paid for my sin. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. Today, I put my hope, I put my trust in you. I give you everything because you gave me your everything. I'm going to live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Hey, if you just made that decision today, congratulations. That is the greatest decision of your life. And it is the first step in your spiritual journey. Would you do me a favor? If you're our guest today or you made a decision, would you take some time to fill out our online connection card? We want you to know that is a safe card to fill out. We have a hassle-free guarantee here at One Life Church, which means we're not gonna call you and we're not gonna show up at your house. All I would simply like to do is send you one email saying thank you for being a part of our services today. Well, all right, here in a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to connect with One Life Church and to see what your life would look like connected to life-giving relationships. The Bible teaches us that your life will thrive, your life will flourish. You'll be fulfilled in life when you're planted and connected to a life-giving church. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be One Life Church. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching and listening, I know there are people who are joining us from all across the country. May I encourage you to be connected to a life giving church. And so you'll have an opportunity to see what being connected to One Life looks like through our online Discover class. I have the opportunity to teach that via video. If you click the image that says Discover OLC, that is on our website at olc.church, you'll have all the information there and it'll show you what that class looks like. So I encourage you, if you have not already done so, please take the time and attend Discover 
today. Okay, so here in a moment, we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. And we want you to know, if you are our guest today, please feel no pressure or obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. We want you to know there is never an expectation to give here at One Life. But if you would like to give, there are three ways that you can give. You can see those on the screen. And this is an opportunity for those who call One Life Church home to worship God with our giving. There is commanded blessing in scripture over our lives and over our families. When we honor God with our generosity, we give out of a cheerful heart. In One Life Church, I wanna say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your generosity. I say this every week, but I truly mean it. You are the most generous church on the planet. Because of your generosity, we're continuing to meet needs at a elderly senior citizen apartment complex during this quarantine time. Last last Sunday, which was Easter Sunday, because of your generosity, there were several families who were able to experience an Easter experience together with their kids and with their moms and with their dads because of your generosity. And I just want to let you know that also we are able to meet people's needs in this time, in this season, because of your giving. And so thank you so much. You are loving your family well. You are taking care of the needs, not only in our own church family, but in our community. So thank you for honoring God with your giving. You are making a huge difference. And although you might not be able to be there physically, I want you to know that you are there with your generosity. You are making a difference. All right. So as we close, I want to pray a blessing over our offering and I want to pray a blessing over you. I hope you've enjoyed the day. It's been a lot of fun and I hope you'll join us next week. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to give and to worship you with what you've given to us. So Lord, we return the blessing and we trust you with our finances, God. And we're asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that I'm asking that you would bless every gift, every giver. God, I'm praying for favor. I'm praying for protection over them in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for every person who's joined us today. May you bless them. God, may you keep them. May you cause your face to shine toward them and favor them in every way. Grant them with mercy, I pray, and give them peace. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, One Life Church, I love you. I hope you'll join us next week right here at olc.church for a part two of Mastermind. God bless. Have a great day.